I'm your host, Bonnie Wiscom, and this is Burning Brightly, a podcast for moms of faith who are feeling called to share their light with the world, but wonder if they're prepared for the task. As a life coach, entrepreneur, and mom to a large family, I'm honored to be your guide as you face this exciting new phase and begin making your mark. This is where we help each other find the courage to shine. Welcome back, my friends. This is episode four of Burning Brightly. And today I want to introduce you to the idea of learning to trust yourself as you would trust someone else that you respect and admire. It's kind of a unique thought, right? Now, in life coaching, we use this perspective of being a neutral third party quite often. We use it to examine our thoughts, to examine our motivations, and to figure out why and how we're creating the life that we currently have. So this concept of trusting yourself will also require a similar perspective, right? It will require you to step outside of yourself and kind of view yourself as another person would. So here is my question. Do you trust you? When you make a promise to yourself, do you follow through with it? When your needs and wants are not being met, do you allow that? Do they regularly get steamrolled or do you stand up for them? Do you honor your own values and standards and what's important to you? Very interesting concept. Okay, so let me share a story with you. When I was in college, I felt like I struggled a lot with self-discipline. At least that's how I labeled it in my mind. I would make goals, I would make plans, and I would very rarely follow through with them. And so I remember regularly praying for more self-discipline. I thought if I could just get a handle on myself, life would be so much easier. So a few things that, that I struggled with were eating better, exercising, you know, you're in college, not a lot of time. So I wanted those two things to just kind of magically appear into my life. I wanted to eliminate more entertainment and social gatherings and spend more time on my schoolwork. I wanted to spend more time in the scriptures, all these great goals that I had for myself. And yet I couldn't seem to gain traction. I honestly had it. Now I realize I hadn't yet learned how to trust myself. And so frankly, I gave up on myself a lot. And I'm realizing now that part of this was because I hadn't yet fully realized my worth. And I hadn't fully understood that I was deserving of good treatment. That yes, I should be making goals for myself, but I should also be having grace for myself and acknowledging, okay, there's something going wrong here. What's happening? How can I help myself? In fact, I very often let myself and others mistreat me, not in any serious ways, but in ways that didn't sit well with me, but I just allowed it because I didn't know any better. And so my brain was like, you know what? You're not very trustworthy. (laughs) I think my brain knew that I was not yet in a place where I could fully protect myself the way I needed to. So I'm going to explain this a little bit better. First, I would ask you this. Who in your life do you already trust? Is there someone that you think is really, really trustworthy? Maybe it is a friend who never, ever shares confidences. You know you can go to this person and tell her all your hopes and dreams and scary thoughts and problems, and she will never share it with anyone else. Maybe it is a church leader who has perfect integrity. Everything you see him do is perfectly in alignment with his beliefs, and you so honor that. Or maybe it's a family member who just always openly and unconditionally loves you and everyone around you. I've known people of all walks of life who could be described in these ways. And it's just so beautiful to be able to trust someone 
with your whole heart and know that they will honor you and who you are and love you unconditionally. So that's what we want to try to create for ourselves. It's pretty powerful. Now, if you've thought about this person or a handful of people that you trust really innately, I would suggest that you make a list of the traits or characteristics that these people have and that you associate with trustworthiness and then take a look at it. Do you have these traits? Maybe you admire them because they are things that you struggle with. Or maybe they are things that you would like to see yourself reflecting in your own life. So this is a really great place to start. Who do you trust? Why? And what are the traits that make them trustworthy? And how can you incorporate them into your life? All right. So in this episode, we're going to break down trusting ourselves into three main areas. The first one is honoring our commitments to ourselves. So I would say that one of the main traits that I consider to be trustworthy is follow through. If I ask someone to do something for me and they follow through with it, I know that they're trustworthy. That is what we need to work on with ourselves. If you have a problem with this, you might want to look at it in one of two ways. Do you tend to overcommit to yourself? Like give yourself a list of five or six massive goals you want to work on at the same time and it's a little bit too much? Or do you underperform? Maybe your goals are reasonable, but you just can't seem to measure up to them. Ask yourself these questions and then ask yourself why. Why do you chronically overcommit? Do you think that you are capable of more than you are? You think you have more time than you do? Or why do you chronically underperform? Do you not believe that you can do it? Is your motivation not in the right place? So this is something important to look at. Now, I notice that moms in particular tend to be really gung-ho about their goals and their dreams, especially the overachievers, right? But then very often unrealistic in their understanding of what they are truly capable of. So if you have a bunch of babies at home and you have a goal to run a marathon, there's going to be some sacrifices that you're going to need to make. And you're going to need to be really realistic of what you're willing to put into this goal without dropping other priorities that are just as important or more important. If I have a baby that needs to wake up to nurse at five o'clock in the morning and I also need to train for a marathon at that time, something has to give. We're going to have to figure that out. So do yourself a favor of looking ahead to your goals and your dreams and deciding what you are capable of. However, do not let yourself off the hook too easy. So this is a balance just like anything else, right? Make sure that you are setting realistic goals, but also don't hold yourself back. If you know you can push yourself farther, do it, try it. And if it ends up being too much, you can scale back from there. So just kind of the, the give and take of figuring out what you're capable of. Now, when you're starting something new, like a brand new podcast or a new hobby or a creation that you're working on, this is very common, generally because you don't know what you're capable of yet. Let's say you want to become a muralist. And so your goal for your time for yourself is to get some painting practice in. But you don't know how long that's going to take. You don't know how long you want to dedicate to it. You don't know how often you're going to want to do it. Maybe you're going to have that desire to be creative every afternoon at 3 p.m. Or maybe your creativity comes in longer spurts and you really only want to do it on Saturday afternoons. So just play around with it. Don't be too strict on yourself. But do hold yourself accountable for the things that you've asked yourself to do. Until you truly know what you're capable of and what what to expect, it will be a little bit of trial and error. This comes up a lot for me in my business, actually. Very often, I will schedule something in my calendar and give myself a half an hour or an hour to do it. And the next thing I know, it's taking way longer, generally because it's a new project that I've never worked on before. Now, we can also fall into the habit of letting things take longer than they should because 
we're just working slowly or we're kind of buffering with this activity. So watch out for that. But until you're used to the activity, the new activity that you're working on, this business or creative hobby or whatever, give yourself grace to be wrong about how much time and effort is going to be required. Now, I have a great episode for you to refer to in regards to this concept. It's called Grace versus Excuse, and it's over on Outnumber the Podcast, my other podcast that I share with my co-host, Audrey. And this is a great episode because Audrey and I were noticing that for those of us who are busy moms, we have a lot of goals and dreams. And so we'll create one for ourselves, and then when we don't immediately succeed at it, we'll beat ourselves up. Or we'll make excuses for not doing it correctly even after committing to ourselves. So it's this balance, right? I'll give you the example of starting this podcast. I had been thinking about it for a while. I had been writing down some ideas and I just had not taken any action towards it. Finally, I went on a trip and had a lot of downtime to think on my plane ride, like I mentioned in the other uh, the previous episode. And I did some big picture thinking. And when I came home, I just said, I'm just going to start. There's no more thinking. There's no more brainstorming. There's no more planning. I didn't know where I wanted to host it. I didn't know what software I wanted to use to edit it with. I was going to change some things up from how I do things with my outnumbered podcasts. And I just chose to start. So that balance of giving yourself grace, but not allowing yourself to make excuses is really, really powerful. Be honest with yourself. What commitments have you made to yourself? that you have fallen behind on and that you want to do better on and then go out there and do it. Now, if you are in the process of starting a business, a great way to begin is to make one goal for yourself, just one. It can be a big goal, but just start with one thing and then just determine how am I going to use this goal to share my talents with the world. Now, I'm a big fan of Bonnie Christine. She is a surface pattern designer and a course creator. She's amazing. Go look her up. But she very often tells her students to just start doing one thing each day. And I think that's such a powerful bit of advice. Just one thing, just one thing towards your goal of starting a business. I like to do this by carving out the time first, because if I tell myself, I just have to do one thing today and I don't actually carve out the time, then it's going to be 10 PM. I'll be exhausted and think, oh, I didn't do it again. And I'm too tired now. And then come all the excuses, right? So I will carve out 20, 30 minutes for myself and say, that's when I'm going to do my one thing. And frankly, I think carving out the time is way more important than knowing what you want to do because when the time comes, then you have already carved it out and you can sit down and decide. Now, planning ahead is also very useful, but at the beginning, just start somewhere. And starting with carving out this time is really, really helpful. So maybe at one o'clock every afternoon, that's when you're going to sit down at your computer and you're going to start Googling how to create a podcast, how to write a blog, how to edit a YouTube video or whatever it is that you're thinking about putting out into the world. But start with that time being carved out and honor that commitment to yourself and then show your family how to honor it as well. They will not honor our commitments to ourselves unless we do that first. How many times do your kids come up to you in the bathroom and start banging on the door because they need something from you? But I don't think you, well, I I hope you don't often open the door and help them with the thing when it's something that can wait. I hope you honor that time. At the very least, we deserve some private bathroom time, just a few minutes, unless there's blood. So do the same for yourself in building this new chapter of your life. Okay, the second way we can learn to trust ourselves is to respect our own boundaries. Boundaries are kind of a hot button topic these days. Everybody likes to talk about them, but they are incredibly powerful. So let me ask you this. Would you respect or trust someone who regularly came into your house unannounced, walked into your bedroom and started using your makeup? No, you would be grossed out and horrified unless it was maybe your sister or something. You have a relationship like that with your best friend. I don't know. 
No, or your toothbrush, gross. Stay out of my space, right? That is a boundary you have for the people in your life. You knock on my door, you ask to come in. Maybe they need to borrow some mascara, great, but they ask and and then I decide whether I'm comfortable with that. What boundaries do you have in your life that you are consistently allowing people to trample? This is a hard question. A few ideas that I like to share with moms who maybe haven't fully embrace this idea of boundaries are basic self-care. Are you taking time to go to the bathroom by yourself? Are you taking time to shower by yourself? Again, if you're a mom of little kids, we do the best we can. But you have the right to ask someone to not touch you. If it's a three-year-old, you might have to say, oh, it's quiet time right now. You're going to have quiet time in your room and I'm going to have quiet time in mommy's room because mommy needs to not be touched right now. Do you need time alone? Do you need time with friends? Would you like a space in your home to be off limits to children? Did you know that's allowed? You can say kids are not allowed in your bathroom. You might have to install some locks. (laughs) You know, I had a, a friend that I really admired growing up whose mom did not allow her children in the front room. That's where all her breakables were. She had really pretty breakable collections, some pottery and things, and the kids were not allowed in there. And if they ever ran in, there was a consequence. So I'm just saying, ask yourself what you need and create the boundaries around that. I see moms of faith struggle with this a lot. But you need to think of the boundaries in your life almost like you would a fence around your house. So do you think that having a fence is mean to your neighbors? Do you think that's disrespectful? No, of course not. A fence is useful, right? It just delineates what is theirs and what is yours. It keeps your wild dog inside your yard and it keeps their kids out of your yard. It allows both people privacy, right? You can go outside in your swimsuit and your neighbors probably won't be peering at you, hopefully. And it fosters love and respect for the people that you share a little bit of land with. Those fences, those boundaries are really important. Now, here is a pro tip about boundaries. If you are feeling resentment in any area of your life, especially towards another person, it probably means that you are allowing a boundary to be crossed. And let me plead of you, do not do this in the name of Christianity. It is not self-sacrificing and Christ-like to let people walk all over you. It is just not. It is the opposite of that. What it is is it saves us from the discomfort of creating and maintaining that boundary because that is uncomfortable sometimes. Have you ever had someone in your life who just walked in unannounced at your house? You probably at some point had to say, hey, you know what? I'm really uncomfortable with the fact that you just walk into my house unannounced. This is my space. I'd really appreciate it if you'd knock on the door. Have you ever had a conversation like that? They can be uncomfortable. So ask yourself, if you're feeling resentment, is it because you do not have the courage to stand up and say, this is a boundary of mine and I'm gonna ask you not to cross it. When we try to save ourselves the discomfort from creating and maintaining these boundaries, it will backfire. We think we're doing something loving by allowing someone to do something they want even if we don't love it. But in the end, it brings up resentment, it brings up frustration, it brings up really nasty feelings towards this person because our boundaries are getting trampled on. So trust yourself to hold your boundaries and to maintain the separation you need between yourself and other people, okay? Now, number three, the third way to learn to trust yourself is by honoring your deeply held values and beliefs. There was a time in my youth when I didn't always trust how I would act around certain people. I had certain groups of friends who did not act in keeping with my values and beliefs, and so I learned quickly that very often I was tempted to act 
like they acted when I was around them. And I was really disappointed in myself. It was hard for me to act with integrity because of these temptations. And then I beat myself up for it. So here's my question for you now. Are there areas in your life where you're not feeling like a loyal follower of Christ? Is there an area where you would like to stand up for your values and beliefs, but you're feeling a little bit self-conscious about it, a little bit nervous? Maybe you struggle with gossip. That's a hard one or bad language, or maybe the media you consume you don't love, or maybe there's other behaviors that cause you guilt because you know they're not in keeping with the beliefs that you hold dear. First of all, we always acknowledge that we're human and that mistakes are a part of the game. Nothing has gone wrong here. We're all supposed to make mistakes, we are, but we're not supposed to justify them. Once we acknowledge that it's a mistake or a sin, we own up to it. We take accountability and we ask ourselves, what is happening here? Why am I struggling with this? How can I be better? I firmly believe that having integrity, which means our behavior lines up with our beliefs, is the number one way to foster trust with ourselves and with others. In fact, what I've noticed is that the people I trust the most are the ones whose behavior is the most predictable. I always know how they're going to act, what they're going to say, you know, to a certain extent, because it's always in alignment with their beliefs. How powerful is that? What if every time someone came to tell you something that was important to them, they knew how you would act? They knew that you would trust their confidence. They knew that you would answer with empathy and concern, and they knew that you would love them unconditionally. What if you could do that for yourself? Pretty amazing. Now, this step is actually similar to step number one, that of honoring commitments to ourselves, except here we're honoring the commitments we've made to God. We need to own up to our mistakes, apologize for them where necessary, and then commit to shining brightly for everyone to see. It's not perfection that we're after, it's constant improvement. And people who are watching us will notice when we make mistakes that we own up to them. Friends, I just have to say that I trust you. If you're here and you're listening to this and you want to build something amazing because you're feeling called to do so, I trust you to do that. This is some hard stuff, but it is worthwhile developing that integrity, developing that trust for ourselves and knowing that when we commit, we will show up. I know that I personally would never go into business with a partner that I didn't trust. So give yourself the gift of a business partner who is trustworthy, one who honors their commitments, who respects boundaries, and who stands up for their beliefs. In other words, you. All right, friends, I'll talk to you next week. Are you looking for even more wisdom and encouragement to burn brightly? Click the link in the show notes to download the free starter guide to building a business of your own or to schedule a free coaching call with me. And if you loved this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend who might be feeling the call to burn a little brighter. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week.